0: Well, if you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter number 12, Uh, Genesis chapter uh, number 12. We are kicking off a brand new series today, and it's always good to be here on the start of a series. You ever tried to watch a movie or watch a TV show and you try to catch it in the middle, maybe on episode five, and and you're like asking questions? My wife hates that because I don't watch a whole lot of TV. And uh, so sometimes when she's watching something and I'm kind of listening or walking by, I'll get a little bit interested and I'll start saying, now, now, now tell me who this person is and stuff. And she gets so mad at me. And uh, so I want you to know it's good that you are here at the start of a series so that you can kind of know a little bit of the background and where are we going. I was thinking about what could we call this series, and I wanted to do a series, I felt led to do a series on Abraham, and I thought, what better way to call this series than to call it Father Abraham, all right? And so that's what we're going to call it. How many of you remember singing that song in Sunday school at some point? And uh, I thought about adding that to kind of the worship set, you know, today, uh, that we could have, you know, had you stand and put your right arm, all these different things, you know. It's like the things we do to keep kids entertained, spinning them around and all this kind of uh, thing. And uh, But I thought, you know, some of the people in here, if you spin around, you might not be getting up after that. And so, uh, so I was like, we are not doing that, all right? And, uh, but hopefully over these next few weeks, um, that song, it will play in your mind because it does uh, mean something. And, uh, and so we are going to look um, at his life. You say, what is the direction of the series? We're going to work through Abraham's life and see uh, just his incredible amount of, of faith. Uh, that he had. Um, I, I really encourage you. It, it is a a new year, and uh, you know we just started January, and so we are looking forward to what God wants to do uh, in our church, but also in your life because you make up this church. and And uh, and so I really want you over these next several weeks to come with with open hearts. You know Bob uh, uh, or Pastor Bailey said this when he was announcing you know we're thinking about revive week with encounter coming up and some of these special things and and uh, and a lot of times you know they're coming they're prayed up and they're excited about being able to to minister, but a lot of what happens is going to be determined by the heart that the Word of God's received on uh, the scripture even talks about that that a lot of times we have different ground that our hearts receive. You know the Word of God when it's preached. Sometimes it's good ground, and that's what we want. But other times, it it comes across ground that is not so good. And I want to encourage over the next few weeks as we look at this series, I want you uh, to prepare your heart. Maybe spend a moment in the morning before you come on Sunday and, and make that a habit and a routine. Say, God, I want you to speak to me today. I want you to speak to me and clear your heart and and uh, do whatever you need to do so you can come in here ready to receive God's message, because I've been looking at this and working on the next several weeks, and I believe God uh, is going to really uh, speak through this series. I'm excited about it, and, uh, and I really want God to do something special uh, in your life. But we're going to pick this up at the beginning of Abraham's life, uh, chapter 12, and, uh, and really you'll see in, um, in chapter 11 even, probably the same page that you're on, chapter 11, verse uh, 26, we see Terah... It's Abram's father. Uh, Terah lived 70 years, and he begot Abram, Nahor, and, and Haran. And uh, so those are the three, three brothers, and, uh, or those are Abraham's brothers. Haran ended up uh, dying. Uh, in verse 28, we see that. And then in verse 31, Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran. Lot was uh, Abram's nephew, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran, and they dwelt there. Verse 32, the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died and. In Haran. And so in verse tw- number 1 of, of chapter 12, I want you to understand Abraham, you know, his dad has gone, has uh, died and passed away. And the Lord had said unto Abraham, or Abram, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto land that I will show thee. Now, just uh, to give you a little bit of, of background here, Abram, the name Abram means Father. So, so if you think about this, I, I know like names in Scripture, they mean a whole lot. And it's important for us to, to recognize what the names mean and what they signified in different things. There's a lot of meaning of, of names that we, we need to look at. I know today, like many of you, you name kids, and we don't think about meaning near as much as what Scripture did. For example, pastors, most pastors that I talk to, a lot of them really spiritual guys, they, they name their kids after maybe Bible characters and things like that, I named my kid Cameron after Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's all I can tell you. And so there's not as much meaning uh, there uh, as as some of these other names. But here, Abram, his name literally means father. And here's why that is significant and why I think it's important that we notice that and point that out to kind of kickstart us here today is this. He was named father, and, and him and Sarai... We're going to see here in a few verses, we're in their 70s and had absolutely no children. And, and so we know that, but but the, his name means something. So from the very beginning of his life, his destiny was kind of marked by his name. So from the very beginning as a kid, father. And, and, and so he's like, hey man, of course, I mean if I'm named father, of course I'm probably going to have Kids at some point in my life, just because that's what my name means, and, and back then the names meant everything, and they all had meaning. And so, in some ways, this is kind of like a cruel joke for him. In some ways, because if you think about where he was at, he he was in this like living this life. Hey, my name's mean Abram, and when he, you know he would introduce himself, there they're all of the people that met him are thinking thinking Abram. Oh wow, your name means father. You know, tell me about your kids or whatever. Well, got none. And they're like, so your name is marked by your destiny and and yet you you really aren't living up to what your what your name name is. And the Lord had said unto Abram, this is what we call the Abrahamic covenant. Acts chapter 7 verses 2 and 4. We see actually that the word of the Lord had already come to Abram, even before he got to Haran. We see that it came in Mesopotamia, according to Acts 7, verses 2 and 4. So he received this word, this this covenant, if you would, that he would have to go, that he'd have to go. And and you can imagine how hard that was at his stage of life, He's in his 70s. And God, the word of God, is telling him to leave, to go. If you think about, about your world, just for fun, how many of you are 70 years old or older? Raise your hand, okay? So several people in here. Could you imagine at this stage of your life the word of God telling you, hey, you need to, to go, start a new, new life And you need to leave. You can imagine, they they were humans just like you and I. They probably received this news, uh, you know, with a little bit of like, okay, even though they were obedient, we're going to see that here in a moment, they received it just like you and I would. And then God continues, verse 2, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing so I'm going to make you a great nation. You have no kids yet, but I am going to make you a great nation. And verse three, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So, so Abraham received, or Abram received, all of this, all of this, this news, this commission, this covenant from God. And how did he respond? Verse four. So Abram. Departed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, that's his nephew, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem unto the place of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram, and he said, unto thy seed why I give this land? And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel. He pitched his tent, having Bethel, which means House of God on the west and Haon on the east, and there he built, Built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the the Lord and Abram journeyed, going on still toward toward the south. So. Here we see Abram. We see the very beginning of of his story. This is kind of where it picks up. We don't really know much about his childhood, other than you know this. His name was was Abram, and we know a little bit about his about his father, Terah, but we don't know a whole lot about his childhood. So his story picks up with what we call the Abrahamic Covenant, the moment where where God called him to go. He called him to do something. He called him to live. On purpose to go and fulfill a certain calling and a purpose that God had for him. Let me tell you this, that God has a purpose for every single person in this room here tonight. Every single person. Even if you are of the age of Abram, 70-some years old, God still has a purpose for you. I like saying this, that if you are still breathing, God is not done with you, okay? And and so the point is, God has a purpose for every single one of you. If you're young in here, and uh, you're a high school student or a college student, let me remind you, God has a purpose, he has a calling, he has a will for your life. He, He has something for you to do, something that he would like to accomplish in and through you, just like he did Abraham. He, he has something for you. A lot of times, we kind of try to make all these big life decisions on our own, don't we? A lot of times, we try and, and do what we want to do when when we forget that God has actually called you to do something very specific. Now, if you think over the next few moments that we're talking only about full-time Christian ministry, I want you to know that's not the direction of where we're going. So you can kind of relax, Okay. But I want you to know God is calling every single person in here to something, to something. Now, for some of you, I'm not going to discount this, for some of you in here, it could be to full-time Christian ministry. I don't want to discount that. You could be sitting in here wrestling with the fact of, does God want me to go and do something for him with my, my life? Maybe God's calling me to go to Papua New Guinea. Or maybe God is calling me to go somewhere else, to Honduras or somewhere else across the world. I don't know. But listen, I don't want you to discount that. I don't want you to rule that out. But I want you, over the next several weeks, to look at your life and see, am I fulfilling the calling that God has placed in my life? And I want you to think of these three specific words as we get into it. Because here's where Abram He he did, and you're going to see this throughout his life. Abram was willing to follow God whenever, wherever, and however. And that's my question that I'm going to ask you today. Are you following God whenever, wherever, and however? If you're like me, a lot of times we ask him questions and things like that, and I want you to not... Try to get all the answers to your questions. I just want you to answer in your heart, are you following him whenever, however, and whenever? If we're, if we're going to follow the will of God whenever, wherever, and however, I think we have to do two, three things that Abram did that we're going to see here in this text here in a moment. The first one is this. I think we have to have an unwavering belief in the promises of God. I think if you're really going to step into God's purpose for your life, and that might mean move across the world. It might mean go and do something new. It might mean just go across the street. It might mean any of those things. I don't know what God's purpose is. Only you can hear the voice of God into your life today. But if you are going to follow God's purpose and his will into your life, I think it starts with having an unwavering belief in the promises of God. you got to believe his word. You, 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 people like Abram, people in Scripture that we see s- took a step of faith and, and did something miraculous for God and followed God's call in their life, they had to believe God's word. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't really happen without an incredible amount of belief because that's what it takes to step out and do something crazy for the Lord is we have to believe in his promises. We have to have an unwavering belief in the promises of God. You say, what promises did, did Abram? What promises did Abram get, get from from God? If we look in, in verse one, we can see God's direction. He, he says this to him in verse one, "Get thee, Abram. I want you to get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you." Now, if you're like me, let's just be honest. Most of us are like this, and, and, and just be honest with me, okay? You're no different than me. Here's how we live our life we say, Hey, God, would you show me where you are taking me, and then I will decide if I'm willing to go? A lot of times, that's how we live our life. We, we want all of the answers, we want all of the direction. We want all of the details along the way. I can remember, I think I told you guys this story, but recently my, my in-laws came up to stay with us back in the fall, and, uh, and they, they had this idea, we wanna go to the mountains, okay? And for me, I love that, but the mountains can mean a whole lot of things, right? What mountains you wanna go to? They're just like, man, we just wanna go to the mountains. And so I, I kept asking, all the way up until the day we left, I kept asking them, and I was asking my wife, so tell me, because when I put something in my GPS, I have to put something. I can't just say, hey, Google, take me to mountains. <laughs> because it could take me anywhere, right? We could be getting on a plane, for all I know, you know? And so I, was, I kept asking, and, and I kid you not, they're just like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We're just going to the mountains. And that frustrated me, because I want to know where I'm going. I get in the car, and I'm like, tell me where, what I need to put in my GPS. We're going to the mountains, Josh. And it irritates So I got in there. And I said, okay, I'm just putting up around the North Carolina mountains, and we're going to head that direction. And then when we got closer, we had to eventually decide where we were going. But if you're like me, that's frustrating to not really know where we're going. Because we want to know and have all of the answers. Well, here, Abram, all he he received from God was a word that says, I need you to go. It wasn't a detail. He said, listen, I'm going to go, and and if you follow me and actually obey and step out on faith, I'll eventually show you the land that you're going to go to. He didn't even know where he was going. For all I know, Abram put in his GPS mountains. I don't know if they had those back then, but, but you see, he, he had no idea where he was he was headed. He just was told to, to go. And sometimes that is how God treats us with his purposes. It is, we might not have all of the answers along the way, but we are called to go and to be obedient. You see, God told him to go. Abraham, probably in his heart, was like, where? And God's like, I'll, I'll show you just go. God said, you will, you'll have a kid one day. He said, wait a second. Abram, you're going to see in his life, how? God says, hey, listen, just follow me. Just trust my word, trust my promises and go. God said, hey, one day you're going to see this. Sacrifice your, your son on an altar. Abram, really? God, why? He says, hey, listen, just go. Start climbing. And, and just obey the promises. You see, when we look at, at his life, here's why God was able to do something miraculous into him is because Abram trusted in the promises of God and he didn't have all the answers. And he was okay with that. He was okay with that. He said, hey, listen, all I need is what I need to be doing here. Go. I don't have to have all the answers. So we see that the first promise that he trusted in was was God's direction. He he listened and said, okay, he's going to show me this land. Can you imagine when he went back to his family, by the way? Could you imagine, you know, 75 years old, you have a family meeting, and you say, hey, guys, God told me to go into a land that he's going to show me. First question that every parent or every child would have for that 75-year-olds is 75-year-old is this is like no 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 you need to tell me where to go you need to know i need to know what college you're going to i need to know what degree i need to know what you plan on doing for work what, what kind. we have to have every single detail before we ever step out and and go And I can remember Abram sitting there like, man, I don't really have any of the answers to y'all's questions, but here's what I'm doing with my wife and Lot and what we have is tomorrow morning, we are packing up and we are going. We are going. And they obeyed because they had an unwavering belief in the promises of God. They saw God's direction. He trusted also in the promise of God's purpose. He he said in verse 2, I will make of thee a great nation. A great nation. Abram's like, I mean, God, I'm 75. What in the world does that mean? You're going to make of me a great nation. You see, God had a purpose for him, and Abram trusted in that purpose. Listen, young person, I want you to understand something. God has a purpose for your life. And you might right here today think, man, God's not going to do anything with me. I want you to remember that God is doing something in you. All you have to do is take the first step in his direction. That's the only thing that you have to do. And he has promised to, to protect and to give you purpose. You see, God had to tell him, I cannot show you where I'm taking you until you leave where you are today. That's hard, isn't it? Couldn't God have revealed some more to him right where he was at, comfortable living in Haran, God could have told him more about his future for him, but listen, I think God wanted him to take a step of faith, and when he left where he was, that is when God would reveal where he was going. Some of us were sitting there, and God's told us to go, and God's told us to do something, and God is leading us to something, but God won't give you the answer to your question in life because you're not willing to leave where you're at today. You see, we got to trust in God's purpose. Another promise that he trusted in was God's provision. If you look at verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee. I think he was saying right there, hey, listen, the nation that I'm going to create in your life and in your family, it's going to have some enemies, but guess what? I am going to provide for you. I'm going to be your provision. I'm going to take care of you. If you just trust me, that is all you need to do. All I need you to do is Is go. All I need you to do is say yes to me. You see, if we're going to follow God, whenever, wherever, and however, it's going to start with us having a belief, an unwavering belief in the promises of God. We got to believe that He wants to do something in our in our life. We got to believe He has purpose for us, that He has direction for us, that He's going to provide for us. The second thing we got to understand is this, is we got to have an unmovable trust in the plan of God. We got to have an unmovable trust in the plan of God. Verse four, Abram departed. He had to to leave. I, I want you to understand something, that he's no different than you. The easier thing for him would have been to stay. Sometimes for us, the easiest thing for you is to stay where you are. But God did not call us to do the easy things in life. He didn't call us to do the easy things. I brought up the Clanches just a minute ago. They would have never, listen, it would have been way easier if they had never left to begin with. But God told them to go. I bet it would have been much easier, Lomax, for you guys to just stay put, be with your family here. But years ago, they said, I'm going to, to go. You see, sometimes the easiest thing for us to do is to stay where we are, but the best thing for us is to go to where God is telling us to go. You see, we have to have an unmovable trust in the plan of God. You say, what did Abram have to leave? He had to leave pagan influence. If you really go back, we don't have the time, but if you go back to chapter 11, uh, we have the story of the Tower of Babel. If you've been around church, you remember that story where the, the, this group, Noah's descendants, they felt that they could you know, get to God on their own, that they didn't need God. And so what are we going to do? Good answer. They're going to build a tower all the way up to heaven and show him that, that we can do life without him and that we can get to him. We know how that ended, and it ended terribly. And you see, there was such a humanistic pagan world that he was in, and God, when he showed up in in chapter 12 and told him to go, he was having to leave pagan influence. Some of you, to get to where God wants you to be in life and to fulfill the purpose that he has for you, some of you, I'm just going to be very direct with you, might need to leave some of the relationships that you have right now. You might need to take a step in a direction away from some of the people that you have surrounded yourself with, just like Abram. In order for Abram to get to the purpose that God had for him, he had to leave behind the pagan influence and the humanistic influence that was there around the descendants of Noah. He had to do that. He had to leave pagan influence. The second thing he had to leave is this. He had to leave comfort. Not only did he have to leave the pagan influence of the world, he had to leave Comfort. He was comfortable in Haran. He, he had family. It was his home. He had security. And he had, had safety. He had all of that right there where he was comfortable. Sometimes what God wants to do in our life is get us out of your comfort zone. And here's the thing that you have to understand about about God and his will and his purpose for us is sometimes if you want to do something great for God, you have to almost live outside of your comfort zone. If you stay where you're comfortable and where everything stays easy, you're probably never going to fulfill all that God wants to fulfill in your world and in your life. Sometimes we have to take a step out of our comfort zone. This is not just Abram's life. Abram did have to do this, but this is true. in so many different people's life in Scripture, they have to leave something. I don't know if you're like me. We, uh, sometimes I look at my life and, and, uh, and I think, you know, where I'm at today, I never would have a million years thought that I would ever get to this point. In fact, um, our school, our Christian school here at Union Grove, we play uh, in sports the school that, that I grew up at my whole life. And, and so we play them from time to time. And when we play them, uh, some of the administrators and teachers that had me back in grade school, they come and, and we see each other. And, and we, they make jokes with me all the time. I really don't know what they mean by this, but they'll say, I can't believe you're where you're at today. I just think that's the grace of I'm just like, man, let's just give God praise for that, you know? And uh, but here's the thing, you know, you want to know why they're saying that? It's because growing up, you would have never, ever, ever, ever believed that I would be your pastor. In fact, if you had conversations with some of them, some of you would probably vote me out next week, okay? It would have never happened. But one thing in particular it is a lady who, uh, who still works at, uh, at the school that I grew up in, and she was my high school speech teacher. My, we ha- were required to take speech. I hated speech more than any other thing in, in my world. How many of you hate to get up in front of people? Just be honest. Abby, you better have your hand raised. That's you, okay? And so, like, I, I mean, it's a terrifying thing. In fact, if you Google today people's biggest fears in life, Fear of getting in front of people and public speaking is always in the top two or three. Always. Every single year, it doesn't matter. People hate getting in front of people. Some of you would be terrified if we ever started passing the mic for anything in here, right? You ever get nervous when things like that would happen? And so, uh, But here's the thing. Growing up, I had to take this speech class in high school. And you would think that I've always been an outgoing person. People tell me all the time, man, you're an extrovert. Well, I am an extrovert. But I'll tell you, there was a time in my day I couldn't stand in front of anybody. So I had to take the speech class, and, and I would get in front of this class, and there were two occasions on that year, kid you not, I knew my speech, like the entire thing. I would memorize it because I knew when I got up there and I started looking at my peers, there was absolutely no way that I would be able to say this in front of everybody in that class. And so I got up there, and there were two different times where I got about three words into my speech, and I looked at the teacher, and I said, I said, I can't do this. Give me a zero and let me sit down. I took a zero. And, and guess what? That teacher, she remembers that. She comes to these games when we play them. And we laugh about that because now I'm in front of people. That's what, what I do, what God has called me to do. You see, why, why would you say that? There was a time in my life where I would have never in a million years thought I could do something like this. I never thought God could do something like this in, in me. But literally, the year after that speech class, I'm at a camp in North Carolina, and I'm there with my school, and uh, it's the final night. And God in this room calls me to go into ministry. You wanna know what my first thought is? Does God not remember speech class of last year? Like, I, it's like, what in the world is he doing? But you know what I did that night? Got in front of my entire school and I said, this is what God has called me to do. And listen, after that, the Sunday afterwards, you know what my pastor, I told my pastor, he said this, well, if, you, if that's what God's going to do in your life, then you need to get in front of the church, and you need to tell them." I was like, whoa, no, I, I, was, I changed my mind, you know, nope, he's not doing it. And, and so the next Sunday, he said, I'm going to call Josh down, you know, I'm hiding in the back probably, I go up there, and and you would have never thought, and I told the church, I said, this is what God has called me to do, and I am going to, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to fulfill what he has called me to do. Listen, since that day, since that day, I've had to get in front of people a lot. I've had to step up and preach on the spot. without How in the world can you go from speech class of uh, 2001 to that point? There's only one way that happens, and that is by God's grace and his goodness. And here's the thing about fulfilling God's purpose in your life is if you are willing to ever say yes to him and step out on faith and do what he wants you to do, he has promised that he will take care of you and he will equip you to do whatever it is that you're taking a step to do. You see, that's the way God works Moses, remember his story, Exodus chapter 3, when God told him to go? You know what his first response is? Hey, I'm not eloquent, I can't speak enough, but God would use him to lead his people from Egypt. Remember Gideon? He was afraid, he even hid, but God used him to defeat the Midianites. Jeremiah, Jeremiah's first response when God told him to go prophesy to his people, you know what he said? He said, I'm too young and I can't speak well, but God used him. Think about these. I'll run through these quickly for the sake of time, but you remember Noah? Noah, I mean, the world was a messed up place. Do you remember Noah? He got drunk one time. Jacob was a liar, a trickster. Leah, poor thing, just wasn't as pretty as her sister. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. David, a man after God's own heart, was also an adulterer and a murderer, Jonah ran from God. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 20, he prophesied naked or with a loincloth. We're not really sure, but Isaiah chapter 20, that was kind of messed up. Naomi, I just thought that one was funny. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist, poor guy, ate bugs a lot. Peter denied Christ. The disciples could hardly even pray without falling asleep. The apostle Paul, before Jesus came into his life, was a God-hater. I say all that to say this, God can use anyone. He can use you. Don't ever look to me and say, God can't use me. Don't ever say, God cannot do what he's calling me to do, because he can and he has. But do you want to know the secret? How was Abram able to go? This is the secret. Abram did not know where he was going but he knew who he was going with that is the difference between getting you from here to getting you to God's purpose you have to remember that that like yeah there's going to be obstacles there's going to be all that you might not even have a clue where you're going But praise Jesus, I know who's with me. And that is more comforting than anything I leave behind. Because I just want you to think about this. You're better off out of your comfort zone in the presence of Jesus than you are sitting on the sideline without it. That's what we need. That's what Abraham realized. Abram didn't know where he was going, but he knew who he was going with. Thirdly and finally, quickly, we have to have a consistent worship in the presence of God. If you want to follow God whenever, however, and wherever, you have to have an unwavering belief in the promises of God. You have to have an unmovable trust in the plan and purpose of God. And then lastly, you have to have consistent worship in the presence of God. God, if you look at verse seven, real quickly, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. There builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him, and he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Hai on the east, and there he built an altar unto the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. So so what he did, Abram, is he built an altar. You say, What does the altar signify? It signified that that Abram was a a worshiper. He was a worshiper of the one true and living God. And, and here's what's interesting, as you follow Abraham's life, he built four altars in, in these different places throughout his ministry. So you say, okay, he, he was able to do, you know, follow the Lord and follow God's purpose in his life wherever, whenever. However, like, how was he able to do that? The altar signified that that presence of God, that worship moment. That's what the altar was for. So you say, how in the world was he able to get to God's purpose in his life and take that step of faith? It's because he had a daily worship with Jesus. The altar You see, that's what got him to that place. He constantly built a new altar, and he spent time in the presence of God. You see, some of us, and myself included, we struggle to say yes to Jesus, and we struggle to take a step of faith is because the only worship that we get, the only altar that we get is Sunday morning. You see, you know what he did? Abram, he didn't leave his altar at church. He took it with him. Everywhere he went, you see, worship, he didn't need to be at church to worship. You don't need to be at church to worship. He worshiped each and every day. He, he went and he spent time in the presence of God each and every day. And that is what helped him say yes and take a step of faith. You know what some of you need? Your very first step is for you to say, hey, listen, the only bit of Bible and the only bit of worship that I'm going to get is not going to be at church. It's actually going to be on a Monday morning. It's going to be on a Tuesday morning. It's going to be on a Thursday morning. That's what you need. That might be your very first step towards the purpose that God has for you, is for you to just take a step and say, hey, listen, I might not know what God wants to do in my life, but here's what I am going to do. I'm going to worship him on Monday. I'm going to worship him on Tuesday. I'm going to worship him on Thursday and Wednesday and Friday and Saturday. And if I am daily worshiping and spending time in the presence of God, I believe that God can do something miraculous in my life. You see, that's where it starts. Whenever, wherever, however. You say, how in the world do we do it? You have to have a belief in the promises of God. You have to have a trust in the plan and purpose of God. And you got to spend regular time worshiping in the presence of God. Dale Moody famously said this, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And then he goes on to say, by God's help, I aim to be that man. You know, some of you in here today, listen, I know this seems like a message only for young people deciding what they're going to do for their life. I want to remind you adults that a bunch of the people in Scripture that are called to do something big for God, they weren't just a bunch of 16-year-olds all the time. They were older. They had families. They had careers. They had lives. All those kind of things. But God still told them, you have a purpose. Every single one of you have a purpose in here. For some of you, I want you to seriously pray about giving your life to Jesus and his ministry. I think he could do that. I I think there's somebody in here that, that might need to say yes to the calling of God on their life to move across the world and tell people about Jesus. And by the way, mom, dad, grandparent, if that's ever your kid, let me encourage you. They are better off there than they are to stay, if that's what God's telling you to do. Never stay in the place of that, please. We need people to say yes. I I truly believe this, that God is calling people into his ministry. I just am afraid that we're not listening and we're not going enough. I think God's calling some of you to go across the street and to tell that person about Jesus or to go to the cubicle at work next to you or go to the classroom next to you. And and some of us, we're not willing to do any of those things because we truly don't believe in the purpose of God. We truly aren't trusting in the promises of God and believing in the promises of God, all those kind of things. And we're not willing to take a step and do what he has called you to do. Remember, he's called every single one of us to fulfill his purpose, to take a step. Even if you don't have the answers, take a step in his direction and you cannot even understand or fathom what he can do through your life. Do you believe he can do something in you? I hope you do. But listen, here in a moment, I'm going to pray. You're going to come. I don't know what God's dealing with in your heart, but maybe you need to come like Abram. He came to an altar. He built an altar. And that's what we have down front. This is what we call an altar. And I get it. Some of you are a long ways away, and you're thinking, man, I'm not going all the way up there. Maybe your step of faith is you need to get on your knees today, and you need to forget about anybody else that's saying a word, and you need to say, God, wherever, whenever, however, I want to go. Would you bow your heads with me?